Do you have vivid dreams? Do you feel like maybe your intuition is a little bit more than women's or or men's intuition? I realize there are some of you who listen who are actually of the male variety or identify as such. Um, if you find that you have really vivid dreams and you're not really sure what that means for you or you feel like everybody does, number one, <laughs> they don't. If you feel that you no longer remember your dreams, that is also important because that can be indicative of uh, trauma surrounding your intuition and you deciding that it's safer to not remember your dreams than it is to remember them, maybe from being scared by them or whatever. And before I go too far off down this rabbit hole, yes, rabbit hole, I had to think if that was the right uh, saying or not, I want to talk to you guys about your dreams today. And I want to talk to you about how you can make your dreams work for you to help connect to spirit a little bit better. And if you're not even really sure if you're intuitive, but you're listening to this episode about dreams and what they mean for you, you're probably also intuitive and just looking for more guidance. And just to be clear, this isn't about dream interpretation or anything like that. It's just for those of you who are having trouble understanding why you dream so vividly or why your dreams seem so real. Okay, so grab a cup of coffee and pull up a chair, maybe grab a notebook and get ready for another interesting episode of Coffee and Conjurings. Thanks for being here, guys. I started to think about all of the different things that have happened to me throughout my life that I kind of missed as as signs that I was intuitive and it's kind of like a running joke in my house with a couple of my friends, like sign number 652,000 million quadrillion that Catherine was psychic, but didn't know it kind of things. And one of those things were dreams. Um, I have a friend, his name is Ricardo, who is a phenomenal dream interpreter, but this is less about the meaning of your dreams and more about what it means when you dream so vividly, what it can mean. The first thing I would ask you is, are you connected to spirit and to your guides. Because if you're not at all, I first off want to invite you to peruse the thousands of Connect to Your Spirit Guide meditations on YouTube. It's how I connected for the first time. It's something that I definitely recommend giving a shot. Find one that resonates with you. This is also something that I do with students in my intuitive development class, which shameless plug right here is starting October 19th, uh, 2022. So it is coming up and this is something we do on one of the first times that we meet connecting to your guides. We sit, we meditate, we focus, we determine who it is that is guiding us along this journey, regardless of whether or not we know it. If you're not giving yourself this time during the day to actively pause and sit quietly, to breathe, to meditate, then chances are that spirit's coming to you in your sleep because it's the only time you're quiet enough or still enough for spirit to connect with you. One of the biggest problems that I always had before children was getting a good night's sleep. I would often wake up feeling exhausted. Like I went and lived a whole nother life, interestingly enough, in my sleep. And the thing is, is that I I really essentially was. I was lucid dreaming. I was astral traveling. I was doing all of these things that I would have looked at you like you had three physical eyes on your face if you said I was doing them. 
But now that I know a little bit more about the spiritual community and um, psychic work and dreams themselves, it's very valid to say that a lot of you are probably doing the same thing. Once I realized that connecting to my intuition would be an empowering experience and that it would lead me to a place where I could actually get a good night's sleep and feel less anxious, I would never leave that space again. It's such a miraculous place to live in. And I'm going to tell you how I did that also. The first thing I want you to do is to find a space in your day, in your chaotic and busy and crazy day. And y'all know I get it. I have three boys. I have an active duty husband. It can get, and two doggos, it can get pretty crazy and loud here. And sometimes when I sit to meditate, I fall asleep, but you know what? It's okay. If you're trying and you're making that space for yourself, you're putting in the effort and you should be really proud of that regardless. So sit down. If this fits for you, sit down, pause with, um, a guided meditation. I'm a really big fan of a channel called Meditation Movement or Mindful Movement on YouTube. They're always a go-to for me. Or just sit quietly and focus on the noises around you and allow your head to get carried off to that space. Try some 8D audio tunes if you can find those on YouTube. Another favorite thing of mine to do to really space out. Or actually sit in silence. Like a lot of people believe meditation to be a practice where you sit and hear only the sound of your breath. So those are great, but if they don't really fit you and they don't really um, allow you to feel like you're in a space of relaxation, maybe you're not there yet to that place where you can or are comfortable sitting quietly like that, you can go outside. Okay. And this is my absolute favorite practice because this is something I can do even when my kids are around and it's When you go for a walk or when you are outside, you listen, especially when you're walking, because it's going to distract your conscious mind anyway. You listen to all of the different sounds that are around you, whether it's cars or birds or dogs barking, the wind blowing, traffic far away, um, maybe a siren off in the distance, maybe the sound of your feet scuffling along the sidewalk, every sound you can identify. And then in your mind, you come to this place where you decide to slowly put one of those sounds to rest one by one. So while it's all still going on, you're slowly eliminating one noise that you're focused on until you're left with one audio in your mind and everything else is background noise. So I like to really narrow in either on the wind or on the birds. And I'll try to focus on the birds on the left side of the street or the birds on the right side of the street and just kind of play with this until it feels comfortable for you. And as you're walking, you just continue to focus on that bird and what you're doing or those bird noises, because obviously you're not going to be next to the same one the whole time. But as you finish your walk, you're going to realize that you really freed up this mental space to just go within yourself and not really think about anything except for listening for that bird. And that's essentially one form of meditation. And it's one of my favorites. I don't like to sit still. It's a challenge for me, but I'm going to be honest with you too. It's something to practice and it's something to help you um, that will really help you go deeply internally the more you practice it. So I won't believe you if you tell me you can't meditate. I believe it's that you're choosing not to as I actively choose not to often, but this is one way that you're going to get spirit to kind of quiet down. And it's really the only way to tune in and listen is some form of meditation, whether that is walking or 
sitting peacefully in a quiet space to meditate in the traditional sense. But we're going to go back to dreams here. And we're going to talk a little bit about those dreams that feel more like experiences or feel more like really like an activity that you have done in your waking state, except that you're dreaming. Um, this is, I've had a lot where I've been in a warehouse, like watching someone walk by doing something up to something they really shouldn't be. But this is a dream that recurred through my probably late teen years. And I really didn't get to the bottom of that one ever, but I know that that was an experience where I was watching someone do something to someone else and I was seeing it through someone else's eyes. This was not a dream. This was me experiencing something as a medium, watching through someone else's energy. There are also dreams where you know that you're dreaming and you can maybe control your actions. You can hear yourself consciously choose, I'm going to go through door A instead of door B, or I'm choosing to go this way, or I'm choosing to leave this situation or to dive into this situation. And this is lucid dreaming. You're going to almost feel, you may be able to almost feel an object in your hand. Um, for me, it's often tasting. I wake up feeling like I really did just have that bite of cake or that swig of beer that smelling the wine or smelling, um, we're on a theme here right now, evidently, tasting like pancake, any number of things that you're going to like smell the cigarettes, you're going to taste um, a food, you're going to be able to feel the beverage entering your mouth and going down your throat. Things like this are all identified, like they can help you to identify like this is a lucid dreaming experience and this is where you are actively choosing to be a part of this dream. You may not realize it right now, but this is also something you can learn to control, which by the way, is not what we're going to get into here. Maybe your dreams seem to be prophetic. Have you had dreams where you go, oh my God, I knew this was going to happen because I dreamt that. This is exactly, this experience was such a blaringly obvious sign that I was intuitive without realizing it. In 2012, um, on Good Friday of 2012, there was a Navy jet fighter that flew into an apartment complex courtyard and no one was injured. Even the pilots were able to safely eject and they had minor injuries that they recovered from in the hospital. I believe one of them wasn't even admitted overnight. Um, don't quote me on that. I would definitely look up the article, but I do remember that it was no one was hurt as badly as you would think they would be when an F-18 crashes into an apartment complex. Not one person in that apartment complex was injured. Not one, not a pet, nobody injured in that apartment complex. The pilots recovered from their minor injuries. And I dreamt that that was going to happen so many times. I dreamt about a plane crashing in the apartment complex courtyard where I was living. This was just just under a mile from where I was actually living, I was able to see the plane itself going down from my window. Like I could see the pilot, which you shouldn't have been able to do from the third floor window of an apartment complex, but I could see him before the plane cut like right over the trees and went down in the apartment complex, like a couple, a little ways over, about a mile. I dreamt this, that the plane went down in my courtyard. I dreamt that it went down in a courtyard. I dreamt every time though that no one was hurt. And there was one time where instead of a plane, it was a train, but it still didn't belong there because it was going straight through our courtyard. And the pilot's mother was there and she was so grateful that he was okay. And I just remember being so confused, like, why do I keep dreaming about large locomotives or vehicles of transport crashing 
in such like horrific ways, but then no one being hurt. And I had a roommate at the time that I had told about this dream. I was like, dude, I keep dreaming about this plane crash. It's really freaking me out. We also lived in the flight path of one of the bases out here. So it really kind of made sense. I had this panicked fear that a plane was going to crash into our apartment. My husband would tell me like, listen, if the plane flies overhead, by the time you hear it, it's already past you. But that was so not true. It brought me comfort, but it wasn't true. I remember hearing the engine cutting out and thinking, that can't be right. And that's when I looked out the window and I saw the plane much lower than it should have been. And I I could actually see the pilot in the cockpit, not close enough to wave to him, but you could see him in there. Um, and, And it happened. My dream absolutely came true. I had dreamt about my dad getting into car accidents and missing swim meets and, and that would happen. Um, I had a lot of dreams where I was connecting to other people who were already deceased, but in my dreams, I was having really lengthy conversations with them that I could remember. And when those dreams started, these visitation dreams, that should be another sign to you that you are indeed also intuitive. These visitation dreams, my grandma who had passed in 2012 would bring people to me who had passed and who were on the other side. And they would be telling me, hey, one in particular stuck out where he told me, I need you to check on my niece. And I did not know. He was a a kid from high school, his younger brother. So I didn't really know him. He was a couple years younger than I was. And this is a number of years after I graduated high school. And I, he came to me and he said, the kid who had passed away, he said, I need you to check on my niece. And I thought, well, I don't even know if he has a niece. And I remember waking up and instantly going to Facebook and looking up his younger brother. And there I see him with like a year and a half year old little girl. I was like, that there is no way. Also, what do you want me to say to this guy? He doesn't really know me. This would just be really strange overall. So I never did. I didn't check up on him. But that experience with that kid and then more people who had passed, one who would eventually pass way too early in his life as well. My grandma had brought his spirit to me well before he passed. And it would be her every time with these people sitting around her dining room table, very specifically her table, and the rest of the room was black. And it was just her and this spirit and myself. And where we were was lit up and we could have our conversation and then it would be over. And I never knew what to do with it or what to make of it until I stumbled into someone who would help me grow my own gifts. And that's a story for another episode. But if you are having dreams that feel like you're having real conversations with people, if you are traveling in your dreams and remembering the experiences, if you can feel, touch, taste things in your dreams, you might very well be intuitive. In fact, I would be surprised if you weren't so intuitive. As my grandma brought me these people, she slowly stopped coming along with them. But at first, it was her way of saying to me, this is safe. This is okay. If you are having dreams that are so vivid that you don't know what to do with them, you can ask spirit. You could ask your guides to please communicate with you while you are awake and to allow you a peaceful night of rest when you go to bed. You have to believe it, but it should work for you. I know it definitely worked for me and better sleep meant lower anxiety and overall just feeling better. And you know what? And then I had children and none of that mattered anymore. But if you're having trouble feeling rested and it's because of how active you are in your dream state, ask spirit to communicate with you in another way and then create the space for them to actively communicate with you. 
Okay. And it wouldn't hurt to start a dream journal and keep track. I say that knowing that I don't, but it wouldn't hurt you to start a dream journal and keep track of what was coming up over and over for yourself. Give yourself the space to connect with your higher self and see how much your sleep improves. I'd love to hear messages in my DMs if you guys want to let me know about any experiences that you've had where you are feeling a lot better after attempting to connect with spirit in a way that helps you. And speaking of grandmothers, I am going to share another listener story with y'all today. And this one comes from Caitlin. And she shares that months before, she says, months before my grandmother passed, I had a nightmare in which I woke up within it. I had my grandmother's fleece blanket with cats all over it on my lap. A black cat jumped up on my lap and I had a feeling of fear and anxiety and started asking for God to protect me and just praying out loud to protect me. All of a sudden, this deathly looking face came up and yelled, God can't help you. And I literally jumped up crying, gasping, heart beating rapidly, terrifying. Well, several months later, when my grandma was in the hospital, we suspected it was her last days. I hadn't seen her in a while. So it was kind of shocking to see her in the state that she was in. The entire time she was bellowing, Ronnie, I want to go home. Take me home, Ronnie, which is her dad. She was in and out and really not responsive to any of us. She kept asking for dad to bring her home. At one point, she seemed to be resting quietly and all of a sudden she popped up and yelled, Ronnie, take me home. And it was the face from my nightmare that said, God can't help you. I had to leave the room and I couldn't tell anyone because I felt terrified by it. They released her home with hospice and I remember my dad calling to tell me that they are pretty sure she's about to go. On the way, the song, This Is Your Song by Elton John was on and by the time I got there, she had passed in her own bed. My mom told me she went pretty peacefully. I saw she had that fleece cat blanket on her legs, and my mom told me that she took her last breath when one of her treasured black cats jumped up on her lap. I have chills. And I again recalled my nightmare that apparently was more of a premonition. Ever since when I hear, this is your song, I intentionally become hyper aware. When I was getting the anatomy scan for the baby, we didn't want to find out the gender. But despite everyone saying I think it's a boy, I just knew the baby was a girl. Well, the sonogram technician and I were talking about it, and lo and behold, I realized This Is Your song came on her radio, and immediately after, My Girl. Just a couple of my intertwined stories. If you ever want more, I'm happy to share. Well, Caitlin, I would love to hear more of your stories, and that's a phenomenal story, and I love that that's actually a really perfect segue into the point that... Just because you see something you don't understand doesn't necessarily make it negative. So that was a terrifying ordeal to experience at first, but hindsight, it wasn't actually a scary experience. It was something that you couldn't quite explain yet. So oftentimes when we feel an energy we can't understand or just an energy that we can't see, we put fear to it. But if we take a deep breath and we ask ourselves, is this actually something to be afraid of or is it okay? you'd be surprised to see how many times that there's really nothing to be afraid of. More often than not, there isn't anything to be afraid of. And that's exactly what this segment, this Coffee and Conjurings is designed to do, to show us that our tapping into our intuition isn't something to fear. It's something to empower ourselves and others. So Caitlin, thank you so much for such a wonderful share. And again, if you guys are interested in tapping into your own intuition, I am teaching my class starting October 19th. It is a daytime and afternoon class this time around. It will be evening next time around. But for now, 
It is capped at 23 people. I just opened up signups and I am really excited to see who comes into the class and see where our focus will really be for developing our intuition and eliminating the fear we have around it. And with that, you guys, I will catch you all next week for another episode of Murder and Mediumship and then Coffee and Conjurings. Y'all take care and enjoy your spooky season. Bye.